0: The Once and Future Nerd Book 1 Princes of Jordan Chapter 3 A Little
1: Blood Episode
0: 3
2: Problem, General?
0: Brennan and Yellowin had just returned from scouting the nearby hill, their faces ashen.
1: It seems there's a large encampment of Felgir soldiers in the valley
3: below. Why are they camped in the valley? Doesn't low ground put them at a severe tactical disadvantage? Hmm.
1: It's a good question, actually. Aye, but not as pressing as how we're going to get past them. Getting fully around this valley would take us nearly two days out of our way. Their presence here makes it even more urgent that we return to Castle Guernetal quickly. We need to get off the road. Now. I hear riders approaching. Sounds like a scouting party.
2: Shit. Fuck. All right. I know a way. Follow me. I'll show you the secret cave. Really? Again?
0: Regan kicked her horse into a canter. Nelson and Nia, still sharing the mount with her, had to grab on quickly to avoid falling off. Brennan and Yelowin exchanged a quick glance, but really had no choice but to mount their own horses and give chase. In Castle Guernatal's throne room, King Gunther's court was assembled to consider the threat of the rebel general Traft, the same rebel general whose march had sent Gunther's court into a panic nearly a fortnight ago. Currently, the king was taking the testimony of a hunched old man, This man had come from the hamlet of Silberg, a silver-mining town located far to the west in the foothills of the Black Mountains. The old man scratched at his wild, untamed beard and continued his tale.
4: They come in the middle of the day when most of the men was down in the mines, all hissing and hollering and clanging their spears. We got our garrison of civic guard, you know, but they got cut down right quick.
0: Every ear in the room was clinging intently to the old man's words. Arlene Redmore, however, furtively scanned the room as she listened, searching for some hint of court intrigue.
4: They killed everyone who tried to run or fight. At dusk, they rounded us all up in the center of town and burned up everything while we watched.
0: All the standard members of the King's Court were assembled, save for Brennan and Yillowin, of course. Arlene saw King Gunther with a large retinue of clergy members. Arlene noticed the holy men whispering intently at each other, counter to their typical exemplary decorum.
4: Then their lord comes out. General, you mean? General Uh, Traft? Whatever you call him. Whatever he is called in my hall, it will not be a noble title. Yes, your grace. Um, I mean no offense. Your Grace, you'll have to forgive me. Out West, we ain't got much manners. All's we know is to call the guy with the most swords sir. (laughs) You may continue your testimony of events? Well, of course, Your Grace. We so traft, he traft, he gets up and he starts giving a speech be honest, Your Grace, I didn't really understand most of what he said, but one thing is, he kept saying he'd free us. It seemed funny he'd say that since he just burned down our homes and killed a lot of us.
0: At the edge of the dais sat the king's treasurer. Arline knew this man to fall asleep frequently during any proceedings that did not involve money. Thus, his nervous fidgeting and profuse sweating disquieted her. As she studied the man, she noticed an ostentatious ring that she couldn't recall having seen before.
4: All the while, he's got this mining axe he's been waving around. When he's got done talking, his orcs dragged up the mayor, Traff asks him, "'Who do you serve?' the mayor says, Galadon, the realm, and the king."
0: Arlene then saw that the court philosopher, Lord Coralyn, ...had brought his daughter to the day's events, and was holding her tightly. She remembered that this was the girl who had been having nightmares about soldiers.
4: And try put the pickaxe through the mayor's head. Killed him on the spot like it wasn't nothing.
0: Regan reined in her horse by a rocky crag. Their gallop had taken them to the next hill over, ...remaining on the side far from Felgear's army, of course. Now, as the other two horses caught up, the party found themselves at the mouth of a rather dark cave. What is this place?
2: Gang, I did a few jobs with used to hide out here. They've probably all been hanged by now, but I think I remember my way around well enough.
1: And if they haven't been hanged, will they be a problem?
2: Oh, they'd slit my throat in a heartbeat if they knew about the bounty. But they're shit fighters, and I'll take my chances with them over a whole fucking army.
0: Oddly enough, this assessment did not seem to comfort the three children. It was, however, good enough for Brennan, who gave a curt nod. Leaving the horses outside, he led the group into the cave. Inside, the cave was pitch black. Nier conjured a small glow from the tip of her
1: staff. This place stinks of death. This looks like prime vermin up in mutual size territory to me. Aye, you needn't be an elf to detect a foul stink in this cave. Yeah, but enough about Weenie's mother. With a loud
0: thud. Billy slipped on a wet patch of cave and hit the ground hard. Jen and Nia both rushed over to see if the boy was hurt. Fuck! As Nia brought her tiny light close to Billy, it became apparent that there was blood on the boy's hand.
3: Billy, you're bleeding! I don't think that's his blood.
0: Nia's light revealed that Billy had slipped in a small puddle of fresh blood. She moved her staff closer to the wall, a large patch of the rock was dripping with a fresh smear of blood that ran down a side cave. Well,
3: this
1: bodes ill. Kaltir, go down there with Nia and Regan. See what's bleeding. Don't engage in this attack.
0: Those three set off down the side tunnel, Nia taking her staff and its light with her. Soon Brennan stood in utter darkness with Nelson, Jen, and Billy.
2: You are right, baby. Yeah, no big deal. Billy, not now. Jesus.
0: A few minutes later, Nia, Regan, and Yellowin were still following the trail of blood down the side tunnel.
1: I hear shallow breathing up ahead. Someone is alive in here, but barely.
2: Am I the only one who smells shit? I do. What's the matter with your nose, splinter pole?
1: You can't always smell of your own faeces. It's hard to tell the difference. I wonder
2: what you'll smell when I put my boot... Galadin's mercy.
0: The light from Nia's staff revealed disembodied human entrails. As she raised the staff, they saw the body to which those entrails had until recently belonged. A lightly armoured woman, still breathing and crawling laboriously towards the end of the cave... Where a neat line of similarly armored corpses sat with their throats cut. Nia, Regan, and Yillowin knelt beside the dying woman.
2: What happened here? Ambushed. By who? Arona? Do you remember me? Of course. Your name is. Uh, starts with. Uh, uh, Galen? Right, Galen. Galen, who ambushed you? Arona? I'm here. Kill me. Please. Galen, I need to know who did this. Think. Red bands. Dunno. Sorry.
0: Resignedly, Regan wrapped the woman's head up in her arms. If you didn't know Erona Regan, it may have looked almost sisterly.
2: You did good, Galen.
0: With a quick, practiced motion, Regan snapped the woman's neck.
1: Fear neither cold nor darkness of night. As
0: Nia prayed, Brennan and the young humans awaited her return in the pitch black. Wait, Jen, don't
1: you have a flash on your phone? Oh yeah, good thinking, chilled puddle.
2: I do, but, um, well it takes a lot of battery and I, I don't have much left.
1: I think this is a little more important than Twitter, Jenny.
0: This discussion was interrupted by the appearance of a faint orange glow from deeper within the cave. Wait. Well, you can make your own fucking
1: biscuits if you don't like mine, you fucking ingrate. Throw your weapons. But don't do anything unless I do it first.
0: Had you been in that cave, then, you would have heard leather creak as Brennan unslung his massive axe. Then a sword slide free of its sheath. Then a second... Then, a horrendous racket as Nelson accidentally sent his scabbard careening down a hole and into some water below. The source of the glow quickened its approach.
1: Nelson, stop making noise, you fucking boner! Shut up!
3: Who goes there?
0: Brennan squinted through the dark to see six soldiers silhouetted against a torch. He could make out a crossbow aimed at him.
3: Identify yourselves at once!
1: You're addressing General Brennan, commander of His Majesty's Royal Army. If you answer to House Felgeir, I'm of much greater value to you alive than dead.
0: The soldiers whispered amongst themselves for a moment.
3: General Brennan? Don't worry, sir. We're for Lord Redmore. We answer to you.
1: Why don't you come down here so we may speak face to face?
3: We've been ambushed by bandits in this cave, sir. Are you alone, sir?
4: Stand down if you truly answer to him.
0: Yillowin, Regan and Nia emerged from the side cave, weapons readied and illuminated by Nia's magic torch. On hearing Yillowin's elvish accent, and finding themselves no longer clearly in a position to make demands, the unidentified soldiers lowered their weapons and approached. To Brennan's relief, the light revealed uniforms with the crest and colors of House Redmore.
3: Forgive us, General. Between Felge's camp and the bandits. Dark times.
1: I'm afraid I must ask what you're doing in a strange place.
3: Scouting mission. Half of my me men are on their way back to Castle Guanatal to inform Lord Redmore about Felgeir's movements. That's, that's Ardell Redmore.
1: Yes, I know who Lord Redmore
3: is. A- and His Majesty, of course. We stayed behind to see what else we could learn. Very good. I hope you told your men to make haste. Of course, General.
1: And what news of Thraft?
3: So far, he seems to be taking his time to establish a foothold in the West. But who can say with an infidel like that? May I ask what brings you to this God's forsaken hole?
1: You may ask, but I must decline to answer, Sergeant.
3: Well, if you'd like to rest your bones and have a hot meal, we've a camp a little further down.
0: As Brennan and his party followed the soldiers deeper into the cavern, Arlene Redmore conferred with her handmaiden Gwen in her bedchambers.
2: The girl was having nightmares about soldiers because my brother's soldiers threatened her. Whatever he's planning, it's happening. Poor maid Coraline. Threatening children to control their parents is craven and depraved, even for my brother. You were younger when he started with you, my lady. So I was. He passed me in the hall today, Gwen. He caught my eye for just a second. It was like I forgot everything we said about him playing his last card. I was just a scared little girl again. A lifetime of fear doesn't vanish overnight. But when the time comes, you will find the courage you need. I pray you're right. And by Galadin's grace, His Majesty's army won't be so easily... Have you seen General Brennan at court lately? Brennan? Of course. He wouldn't be bribed or bent. That's who my brother plans to kill. I need you to warn Brennan second-in-command.
0: Brennan himself had laid down to rest with the rest of his party beside a subterranean lake where the Redmoor scouts had made camp. Unfortunately, neither Gwen nor Arlene were there to warn Brennan when the Redmoor men drew their knives and crept towards the slumbering general. For additional information and bonus content access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine New episodes are released every other Sunday The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madeira and directed and edited by Christian Madeira It is performed by Garrett Armin, Dan Dobransky, Hayes Dunlap, Anya Gibeon, Ian Harkins, Emily Kukuk, Paul Notis, Frank Querez, and Julie Reed. It is co-executive produced by Jess Kelly.
1: Production sound engineering is done by Gary O'Keefe, with dialogue editing, post-production mixing and sound design by Sandra Ramirez. The theme music is composed by Tom Lee. Thanks
0: for downloading.